Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Oh, another day closer to the resurrection. Hallelujah. This is my receiving day. How about you? Yes, we'll receive this morning. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And we, we appreciate you. And we minister to you this morning. And we thank you and we bless you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And I will not forget any of your benefits. You forgive all of our iniquities. Heal all of our diseases. You fill our mouths with good words. And you renew our youth like the eagles. Hallelujah. And your angels hearken to the word that comes from our mouths and hearts. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll do it. Praise God. Now, I just got a, an assignment from the Lord. Shake hands with at least now. Everybody in here is supposed to do this. Don't sit there and go nodding and then don't do it. <laughs> at least three people. Don't forget the angels. And then you can be seated. Don't forget the angels. Before we begin, I want to take a, just a minute or two here to show you this. The, uh, in that, in that, in January of 83, the Lord gave me something that really helped me beyond measure. Write it down. Yeah. 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 So good. I still have this there in my preaching notebook. Mm-hmm. February the 9th, 2008, 2010. Hungry, I'll not be hung, hungry again the rest of my life. I tell me when to eat. It doesn't tell me what to do. That's good. And scriptures, strength, 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 strength. Get it out and read it. Well, you can see what condition they're in. Amen. Keep it. That's Proverbs 4. 
Keep it before your eyes. Don't let it depart from your eyes. And of course, it, all of it has to be scripture-based, not what somebody in the world said about diet. Don't turn to the world for your supplements when you have somebody like Dr. Colbert that's written the books already. And uh, just don't look to the world for that kind of thing. Praise God. Hold that, David. I don't have time to stuff that back down in there. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Jesus. So, there's a couple of things we need to settle here this morning. We need to go to the fundamentals of faith. On a regular basis. Now, the first thing we want to do is turn to 1 Timothy. Oh, you mean that instead of Mark 11? We're going to Mark 11. (laughs) But this letter has something to say about faith. Chapter 4. Verse 6, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith. So faith words nourish. Well, that's not nourishing your body. Faith words feed your spirit. And of nourished up in words of faith, good doctrine, whereunto you have attained. Refuse profane and old wives' fables. Come on. Now, I just I, I just alluded to that. A one a day vitamin is not going to get it. You should see the mouthful of stuff that I I take. But it's programmed. Well, if you just had a good diet, that depends on the food source. I'll just use one example. I personally like broccoli very much. I steam it, dip it. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. President Bush do what he wanted to do. I do what I want to do. <laughs> and before I get into that, Daniel and his excellent spirit would not eat the king's meat. Right. Mm. So what did he ask for? Yes. Vegetables. vegetables. Right. They said, and the guy said, you get me killed eating that stuff. Mm. That's on. paraphrasing. Sure. Because you're going to wind up skinny. And it, but he, he said, no, you just give us a few days. Yes. And he said, it's amazing. You're better looking than all of the rest of them. Yes. Why? He wouldn't compromise what God said to eat. That's right. That's right. That's right. He didn't care what the king said. Yeah. He wouldn't compromise anything. Right. My spiritual father, Oral Roberts, 
preached on that very thing in the fiery furnace. He said, if you bow, you burn. If you don't bow, you can't burn. Glory to God. So I want to talk to you some things about today. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch on this and, and go to it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. You think you can take this? Yes. Refuse, profane, refuse. You do understand what that means. Yes. <laughs> refuse profane and old wise fables. Exercise thyself rather unto do what? Exercise <laughs> thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. Number three, or, or for a little time. That is not an excuse not to do it. This is talking about your body. He brought this up for a reason. He's training this young pastor. You're going to have to exercise your body and your spirit. Your spiritual exercise, of course, is eternal. And much, but now how many Christians are exercising their spirit? Come on. Well, what is spiritual exercise? Building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What did the Apostle Paul say about it? When you pray in tongues, you edify, you build up. Your, that's spiritual exercise. Yes, sir. Amen. That's right. That's your spiritual bar. Glory to God. I'm glad I didn't know anything. Yeah. T.L. Osborne said, Copeland, you was born free. <laughs> Glory and I had no religious background. Yes, I had no, no fear of speaking in tongues. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's good. Then the first time I, the invitation was given, my mother and dad were sitting behind me. I said, is that something we ought to have? They said, you need that. I just grabbed Gloria by the hand. I didn't ask her if she wanted to go. I said, come on, girl. <laughs> Let's get this thing. Well, it is old time Pentecost. All the men gathered up around me, you know, hang on, let go. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Gloria didn't either. The women over there praying for her. She just stood there. We didn't know what we were supposed to do. So they gave up on me. Now, if anybody here that ever met William Standish Reed, Strong in the full gospel businessmen's fellowship, very close friend of Oral Roberts, Demas Shakarian, and uh, my mom and dad, and oh, booming voice. And um, so, Christian Medical Foundation meeting is where we were in a hotel over in East Texas, January of 63. We just ran up there. 
So he said, let's go pray for Gloria. I said, okay. <laughs> so a few steps over here like this. They're still just going. Well, I wasn't paying attention to what they were saying. He said, lay hands on Gloria. I said, no. Now, can't you imagine that? I'm standing right, right behind her. And he said, lay your hands on her. I said, no. He said, lay your hands on her. <laughs> oh, 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 Lord. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I stumbled back and sat down in this chair, and he just either walked over there and said, No more English. Oh, literally, and I got to fly home that night. <laughs> Gloria received the next day. <laughs> so, January, cold, airplanes like cold weather. They fly good and cold. Not a cloud in the sky. So I was sitting there. I said out loud, I said, Lord, now I don't know what all I know about what happened back there. But I'm going to say some more of those words. Well, you know I wasn't raised in Pentecost. <laughs> I'm going to say some more of those words. And, you know, if, it, if it's anything to it, anoint it. I, don't, I must have heard them say something about anoint because I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> So I just thought in my mind, I, I, oh crap, <laughs> here it came again. I could see the lights of Little Rock. And I'm thinking, Lord, you're going to have to do something with their ears or my voice. <laughs> I, mean, I was having so much fun, I didn't want to quit. I said, Little Rock approach control, and they asked, I said, hey, that worked all right. <laughs> That's how little I knew. But I knew something extremely good had just happened to me. Amen. Got on the ground. I blessed the airplane. I blessed the hangar. Blessed the ground. I, I, I spoke to, in tongues to everything I could see. And I've been doing it ever since. That spiritual exercise. And I'm quite sure that's the reason that Gloria and I grew so rapidly because we didn't see any reason why not. She was raised in the Church of Christ, and they thought it had all gone away. Yeah. And we were raised, I was raised in Southern Baptist, and when my mother, like Brother Hagin, they got the right. left foot of fellowship and went right on over to Grace Temple. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, I want to say some more here before we get right into these words. First and last words. What's the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night? It really counts. It sets you up for the night and it sets you up for the day. So, we eat early. Around 5, 5.36. Not 7 or 8. But now, if the situation where you have to do that, that's a different thing on your job or something. But if, if, if not, think about it. We're through with the evening meal. 5.36 o'clock. 
and she takes a bath, I take a shower, and we hit the beds as soon as we can. Get in there and flip the television on. We either watch Healing School, 700 Club, Victory Channel. <laughs> Keep the Word of God going all the time. <clears throat> and it comes time to turn it out. And two of the last things I do. I tell her good night and how much I love her. And then the last thing on my heart and mind, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I love my neighbor as myself, fulfilling all the law and the prophets. Oh, but Jesus. In the 13th chapter of John, the 34th verse, you said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And all men will know you're my disciples by the way you love. That's the last thing. <laughs> Next morning, I wake up. Gloria's still asleep. And it, it's quiet. First thing I do, I go to the nightstand and get her glasses out for her and open them up there where she didn't have to hunt around for them. When she was a little girl, she had an eye operation. And she... Um, for a long time, she couldn't see. But then she had uh, a place, they placed crystal lens, lenses in her eyes. And so I, she, she wears them to read in first thing in the morning. Anyway, I get her glasses out for her. Mm -hmm. And quarter of seven, so I go in. I have healing scriptures on, on my mirror. Go through those healing scriptures and pray for her. And uh, get suited up. Get suited up on that treadmill by 7.30. Then by the time I get off of that treadmill, I've done 1.68, 1.7 miles. And here's the normal routine five minutes at zero incline at uh, 2.8 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Then up five degrees, up to three miles an hour, and up to three degrees incline. The next five minutes goes up to nine degrees incline. The next five degrees goes up to 12. Now I'm pumping pretty good. <clears throat> then you stage it back down. And by doing that, I get my heart rate up to, oh, anywhere from 120, 115, with an average of 95 to 100. Got my heart going for the day. Now that's, that's a routine. Yeah. And then by that time Gloria's up, 
So what's my word? Good morning, my love. Practice the love. All the time. All the time. Our first honeymoon was all weekend long. (laughs) But it never stopped. We're still on it. First words in the morning. First actions in the morning. It counts. Now, don't start off on the treadmill with what I just told you. That's dangerous. No. If you're considerably overweight, do something. Get on there for 15 minutes if you don't do it. Get to moving. Well, what if I walk outside? You can do that. But to get that same effect, you're going to have to walk at least an hour. But if you walk an hour a day, now, a cardiologist told me this. You walk an hour a day, you can add 25 years to your life. Now, the thing that happened to me, Dr. Weeder and I were discussing this this morning, I didn't have an exercise problem. But my brother and sister, if you violate any one of those Ten Commandments, you're going to get in trouble. And I did. Number four, rest 52 days a year. That disc blew up in my back in 2004, right the Sunday morning after Southwest, which was a uh, Well, we did the big band concert that year, and that took a lot of rehearsal, and there was a lot of other stuff. And then that Sunday morning, a disc blew up in my my back, standing under the shower, and knocked me in the floor. My first decision was, I'll never have surgery on my back. Now, I'm not against it, but, and it took a while. Years, but I'm pain free. Now, and that's when the Lord got on me. He said, I created you to rest 52 days a year. You don't rest 52 days in five years. There was a time when we were doing three believers conventions a year and a, and a, a victory campaign every month. And I was preaching most of it. I preached myself into exhaustion twice. That'll kill you. That's what threw the electrical part of my heart off. That's what brought that pacemaker on. It said exercise. Not kill yourself. There are people, there are people that turn exercise into a God. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not, that's not what we're here to do anyway. We're talking about spirit, soul, and body. Well, this morning, we'll just take a moment about the soul. Well, you know what, you know what the apostle John wrote? I pray above all things 
This was his number one prayer. Yes. That you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If the Spirit of God wanted him to say heart, he would have said heart. But he didn't. He said soul. The problem is 99% of the Christians think he's talking about the Spirit and they don't know what that means in the first place. He's not. It couldn't be, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, spirit and soul and body. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. And the fourth chapter of Hebrews. Amen. Amen. So what is a prosperous soul? We won't take time to look up the scriptures, but you remember God's instructions. When you go through your crops, leave a little. Yeah. You don't need all that. Leave some for the poor. In other words, give part of your crop. Now, this didn't have anything to do with your tithing and your offerings, but leave a little. Leave a little. Don't just drain it for everything it's worth. Leave a little. Well, that, that's, uh, that's the attitude of a prosperous soul. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You might not have a prosperous soul if you take that toothpaste tube and (laughs) (laughs) I got the last of that sucker. And that is certainly no item for strife in the bathroom. (laughs) Buy two tubes. (laughs) Buy them by the box. They're cheaper by the dozen. Girls, when they open your kitchen cabinet, do all of the empty washed uh, margarine bowls fall out on the floor? <laughs> and you have to throw away some, some margarine bowls so you have room for more margarine bowls. You don't have any business eating that margarine in the first place. Right. So stop it. Phony butter doesn't work. Or twisties? Yeah. Bread twisties? Yeah. Bre- Brother Copeland, I'm a collector. Oh, yeah, but, but 200,000 of them? I mean, come on. <laughs> Nobody can live for your twisties in You've got to have a drawer full of twisties. <laughs> bread wrappers. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you how to stop that. Cut the bread out. <laughs> yes. We're talking about an attitude here. Yes, that's right. Good, Brother Copeland. Do I have any Lyson pilots in the room? Okay, guys. Now, Big Tom, you've heard this. I've heard it over and over and over. Flying is a discipline, and safety is an attitude. You better have a safety attitude. You stick that thing up like a dart somewhere. You have to have an attitude. I have a faith attitude about me. 
Are you one of those faith yeah. teachers? Yes. Yeah. 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 I found out what my specialty is. Now, I'm, I must preach and teach faith. If I'm going to preach and teach it, I must live it. That's right. That's right. Because that's what I'm called to do. If I was called to teach praise and worship, I, I would see to it that I was a praise and worship specialist. Amen. You think it bothers David Ellis? Somebody say, are you one of those piano players? <laughs> Do you play in churches? <laughs> Best club in town. <laughs> I think I told David about this. I was in a recording session, one of the last uh, recording sessions in this uh, this kind of music. And uh, the steel guitar player. I said, guys, I, th- I don't think this is uh, good enough. Let's, let's do another take here. And he said, that's good enough for gospel. Oh. I turned around and looked at him and I said, I'm going to tell you something, buddy. There ain't nothing good enough for gospel. You can practice it from now on. You can't get good enough. That was his attitude. My attitude is just the opposite from that. Because he's a country music player. On a gospel session. I had to deal with this. The Lord's really got on me one time. He said, what are you? Are you a pilot that preaches or are you a preacher that flies? You better make up your mind. Because flying was my God. Just the thought of busting a physical would just make, knowing good and well, you wasn't going to fail it. But just the thought, oh, what if I couldn't fly? Well, so what? That's good. That's good. Right. Do like Charles Capps, get you some shoebox lids, jump off the barn. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> His overhauls were longer than, and they hooked on a nail and slapped him upside the barn. <laughs> he tried that. Well, he became one of the best pilots I've ever flown with in my life. But his first attempt lacked a little. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Now then, let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 3. This must be settled for anyone that desires a faith life. Now we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. And we're going to see some things here. Look at the 27th verse. Well, we'll start up here with the uh, 22nd verse. 
Oh, 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Now, I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to point out some real old-time religion here. Look over here in 10th verse. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. <laughs> I, I, but particularly in the early days, I had that thrown up to me by some very sweet Baptist people. None righteous, no, not one. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Yes. Unto all and upon all them that believe, for there's no difference. Here's another one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Oh, woe is us. Hmm. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be propitiation or sacrifice through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins uh, that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, now here, He's going to declare something. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Amen. Now, when we're talking about exercise, we're talking about physical training. We're dealing with the laws of physics. Amen. We go into aviation, we deal with the laws of lift. Yeah. We have to, and the dangers when you get that thing high enough off the ground to kill you, you better try and learn something about the laws of lift. Yeah. And I had people to ask me, you've only got one motor on that thing. What are you going to do if it quits? Land. Yeah. <laughs> First thing you don't want to do is restart it if you can. But the airplane doesn't just belly up and fall out of the sky. Not as long as there is physical energy. The nose drops and it becomes a glider. During that time, you're going through your checklist, and if there's some way to restart this thing, get it going. If not, the training takes over. Yeah. You're looking for a place to land it, not crash it. The law of lift. Now we go into something here. The law of lift would have worked in the Garden of Eden. Just didn't know, I didn't know how to use it. Adam didn't need it. <laughs> Wasn't time yet. You could have flown an airplane in 1802 just as well as you could in 1904. Somebody had to figure that out. Turned out to be very simple. It is just the difference between a 
high pressure system and a low pressure system. And if you ever, ever watched a weatherman, they talk about that. There's high pressure and low pressure changes the weather. Well, you shape the wing that creates a low pressure underneath it and a high pressure on the top. And the low tries to get to the high and as it tries to get there, it picks it up. So go fly. <laughs> but now you get into the fundamentals. What makes it work? How does it work? Yeah. The way they used to do it in World War II, gentlemen, this is a propeller. Start out, this is an airplane. Well, this is a propeller. Well, everybody knows that. This is the leading edge of the wing. Yes. This is the aileron. The what -aron? <laughs> The aileron. You don't know what an aileron is? You don't know that? Why don't you know that? <laughs> it's a very simple word. Aileron. Who's Ayla? <laughs> Where did he run? <laughs> it's the little flappers out there that make you go this way or this way. If this one goes one way, the other one goes the other way. If that little flapper goes up, the wind hits it, drives it down. This one has to go the other way. And so here we go. Then you move the oak the other way, and then you, they come even. They, so now we settle that. <laughs> this is the fuselage. Most people know what a fuselage is, but do you know what the empennage is? Well, everybody knows what a rudder is. Did you know an airplane has an elevator? Well, how do you think it gets up and down? You have to have an elevator. That's right. <laughs> Those are just fundamentals, sweetheart. <laughs> you you got to get in on the fundamentals yes, before you actually get in this thing. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Your first walk around, you're going to find these things out. Yes, sir. Amen. The fundamentals. Praise God. Yes, sir. It's one step at a time. Yes, sir. Yeah. My first one was in Lubbock, Texas in 1959, but I didn't have any money. And it, just a little shot at it here and there. Ah, but in August of 1961. Come on, come on, hallelujah. I want this guy out of my airplane, get him out of here quick. And I was in a little, little two-place Cessna. Five, five, two, three, echo. That was the tail number. Well, August, I was flying early in the morning. So there went around. Meacham Field, Fort Worth, Texas. No DFW. This is Fort Worth Municipal Airport. Love Field in Dallas. Got airline traffic in and out of here. Went in traffic early in the morning. And so my deal was, my, my instructor had, had me ready to go. So I'd take off and I'd go up here like this and then turn downwind, Meacham Tower, 5523 five, Echo, left downwind, touch and go. Roger that. And so I'd come around, turn base, turn final, and go. Mm -hmm. And just practice and practice. And practice. Yeah. 
But I soloed at four o'clock in the afternoon. I was so excited. Get him out of here. I did my thing. And I turned downwind. Then I said, Meacham Tower, 5523 Echo, left downwind, touch and go. Roger that, 23 Echo, your number eight to follow a DC3 just outside the outer marker. Let me know when you have him inside. What? <laughs> An outer marker? They have something painted on a barn somewhere or something? <laughs> the outer marker is the final approach fix on an instrument landing system. I never heard of it. <laughs> My problem, I just didn't know enough. I said, sir, I'm on my first solo. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you hold your altitude? I said, yes, sir. Can you hold your heading? Yes, sir. You just hold your altitude and hold your heading. I'll tell you when to turn base. Let's turn this way. Runway's over here. And I'm driving along there. Just, I'm doing this thing by myself. <laughs> yes! Yeehaw! <laughs> Two, three, echo. You see that DC three on short funnel, uh, right there. I'd look. I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Let him pass under your wing, and then turn base." Now, this is the reason I'm telling you this. He's my controller. He can see what I can't see. He can see the traffic yeah. that I can't see. Come on, <laughs> Is this making anything to you? He said, let him pass under your left wing and then turn base. And I looked over there and I said, well, yeah, I couldn't hit him if I tried. Still use it today. But it's common knowledge to me now. But my controller had to tell me what to do yes, in that situation because I didn't know enough on my own. Do you see it? And made that first landing with nobody in there. Let me change that a little bit. Made that first landing with nobody in there but me and that controller. That was August of 1961. Now I'm working on a multi-engine rig. I wound up in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I worked for a man in the car business, and he also had an aviation company. That was his Cessna 150, that his companies that I was flying that day. He and my dad were good friends because my dad bought cars from him. <laughs> My dad worked for National Oil Line Insurance Company in Little Rock, TCU's play in Arkansas, 1961, for the Southwest Conference Championship. A man chartered the airplane. We went. Nowhere to stay, so my dad called the vice president of the company, and we so my, he and I stayed in the penthouse. Wow. They had an after-game party. I went. Gloria's dad came up to me and said, my daughter's the best looking girl in the state of Arkansas. <laughs> I realized later my dad had to go. He had to change jobs from Drones Business College to National Old Line Insurance Company. That had to happen. Yeah. We had to move to Fort Worth because of the destiny of this ministry. All of that had to take place. Amen. And while we were in Tulsa, 
I came home from school one day, so agitated in my spirit. And that's where I learned about faith from Oral Roberts and Kenneth E. Hagin. Glory to God. And then all of the others that I met down the road. That's where I found out about it and fell in love with faith. And I said, Gloria, the Lord's been trying to talk to me all day. I'm just going to go over here in the riverbed and pray. Well, Arkansas River run with just a just a few steps from this little house that we had rented. Riverside Drive is right there, and that's what the river is talking about. So I went down there, prayed in tongues, and I kept getting nations. Nations in a day. Nations. What? What? I didn't know what that meant. Of course, I do now, but I didn't then. I said, well, that's okay. I started up out of that riverbed, and I was just standing there praising and worshiping God, and this came up in my spirit. Your wife is precious to me. I have given her to you. (laughs) He had all that planned in the first place. She is to you what temper is to steal. Well, I took metal shop in high school and made tools. And I, I was making a, a screwdriver. You take, you get it red hot and put it in a bucket of clean oil. It's called running the colors. Stainless steel is brittle. It just break it like glass. And the third screwdriver worked. The other two broke because I didn't temper it correctly. And there's been a many a time if she hadn't been there, I would have cracked. She was there with a smile. Maybe a tear with it, but a smile. And it was her unconditional love that softened me to the place that Jesus was just the next step. Come to find out she'd accepted him a few days before and I didn't know it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, she still is. But that's important. These different factors come into play when you live a life of faith. But you have to understand faith is a law. It is a spiritual law. It is predictable. If you, you, you can't mess up its formula. That's right. That's good. Amen. It doesn't mix well with flesh. <laughs> it doesn't mix well with good sounding mental words. It mixes with the Word. Now let's go to the 10th chapter of Romans. This was just a setup here. Oh, you, in my Bible, I can hardly go past the eighth chapter of Romans. <laughs> Glory be to God. 
Oh, there's a good one. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. So God's seed paid off, didn't it? Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now there's a big word. Had people just taken the time to look up the word sozo, yeah. it would have stopped many wars, yeah. fighting between yeah. salvation and healing, because yes. the word means the same thing. Yes. <laughs> it means saved from yeah. what? Everything. Yeah. Not just a piece of it, all of it. Poverty, sickness, disease. It means soundness. Anyway, if I preach on every word of this, I'm not going to have time to do it. They being ignorant of God's righteousness, boy, you know I'm from Texas, ignorant. That's it. Going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for the righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law that the man which does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks. Righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Now here's first, don't say this, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ again from the dead? But what does it say? The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which Brother Hagin wrote. <laughs> no, no, no. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now that connection is vital. The word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For, now here's the law behind it. This is the reason why it worked. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto it. Confession is made unto it. That's the way you got there. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Now, there's a lot of things that in my mind I associate with, with uh, aviation. In aviation, the faster you get, the easier it is to go fast. Wow. So the first thing you do is open the thing up. All the power you have. To get to that speed where lift is created, and then in a positive rate of climb. Now then you begin to reduce the power because you, you have too much power for the situation. 
What is that? You don't drive around in passing gear all the time. <laughs> You're going to bang into something if you do. That doesn't work. These are laws. Yes. You put the power on it. How? You believe it in your heart. You could believe it in your heart. Now on. Somewhere, in the, somewhere down the line, you're going to have to put the power loose. Confession is made unto it. A person that does not have natural hearing, release that with their hands and their mind. God understands the situation. And I knew a young man personally that, man, he'd release his faith, but he couldn't speak. And he had a hard time hearing. But he'd just grunt and groan. <laughs> that was all the speaking he knew how to do. But he got it out there. Why? Because it was in his heart. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Now, it has happened where people in the midst of that and begin to learn how to sign by faith and begin to learn these things that their own learning opened up their ears and opened up and loosed their tongue because they read it in the word and believed it in their heart and then they kept on until they said it with their mouth. Amen. Amen. How does that work? It is a law. It has to work. It has to work, yes. But it has to be put to work to work. It is the law of faith. So now, for, and then for the scripture said, now, 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 now we're back to scripture. Do you realize that there are movie scripts? There are uh, scripts to a play, but you put T-U-R-E on the end of it and it's holy. Just thought you might like that. <laughs> the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So that's the truth. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So he's rich in this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they be sent? Oh, yeah. Let me see. I've been around some of those. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. They've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who's believed our report. So then, so here's the bottom line. Faith comes. There's no argument there. We can make a quality decision here. No argument, no turning back. Faith comes. 
Not by feeling like it. Thinking about it. But by hearing. Yes, yes. Now we've learned something about the devil. Fear comes the same way. Fear is faith. Fear was Adam's faith reversed. Amen. When he missed it, he sinned and fear entered him. Yes. He heard the voice of God and ran instead of coming to him. That's right. He was afraid. Yes. Fear is faith in reverse. Fear of a storm. Fear of a of a of a wild animal. Yes, sir. I, I was only frightened one time in an airplane. I was on a trip from Camden, Arkansas, to St. Louis, Missouri. Back in those days, no no weather satellites. It was just on teletype machines and so forth. And it was forecast to be VFR or visual flight rules all the way from Camden to Little Rock. And I had a, a, a trip I was th- for that. And uh, I got over into the mountains and the clouds kept getting lower and lower. So, and in, in my training, I did not have an instrument rating, but as all pilots at that stage of training has had enough instrument training to get you out of trouble. I was in a Beechcraft V-tail Bonanza. And uh, so, it's getting too low around those mountains. What do you think for me to do except climb out of it? It's the first time I had ever been on top of an overcast like that. I broke out at 7,000 feet beautiful blue sky, but I had an instrument rating, I'd, have, I'd be having a wonderful time. I didn't know enough. And his, his people were about to die for a lack of knowledge. <laughs> See, the, the Word just tells you all this. So I climbed and got on top. I didn't sit up there and try to figure out what to do. First you aviate Then you confess. Then you aviate. (laughs) Then you navigate. So the first thing I did, I called flight service station. And uh, gave him my tail number. This one also ended in, in E, in Echo. It was a J model Bonanza built by Beechcraft. And I told him what, where I was. and what, He said, uh, do you have an instrument rating? I said, no, sir. If I did, I wouldn't be talking to you now. <laughs> he said, all right. He asked me some other questions, and, and the answer was yes to all of the others. Now, listen to what he said. Now, the Beechcraft Bonanza with a V-tail doesn't have a straight rudder, and it doesn't have a horizontal stabilizing elevator. So they're interconnected. And he asked me all these other questions. I said, the answer is, yes, I can do that. I can hold a heading. I can navigate to the VOR and outbound and all that. 
Now listen, he said, now, I am a bonanza pilot. First thing I did, I said, God, get me down here. <laughs> he said, I am a bonanza pilot. Now what a place to get in trouble. He said, I'm going to teach you the falling leaf procedure. I noticed when I try to think and act, I couldn't. I had to instruct myself. I didn't know then that's what you call it, but, but military pilots are taught that. Yeah. I learned it later and how to do that. Not just because I needed it, but how, how to actually do it. And checking out in a, in a different airplane, you hear something from somebody, then I begin to instruct myself from what they instructed me to do. Anyway, he said, you sit on your hands. I said, okay. He said, now hold your heading with your rudder pedals. Yes, sir, I can do that. I noticed the fear coming up my legs and I knew instinctively if that ever got to my head, it'll freeze me up so bad I won't be able to function. So I started talking to the fear. I didn't know about Mark 11, 23. I didn't know that yet. But I started talking to it. Fear? No, 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 you're not coming up there. So I was headed to the Saxton, Missouri variable omni range. Now I'm ready to navigate. Well, he had me, get, he was giving me radials. So I was doing what I was supposed to do, aviate and navigate. And I, on the 125 degree outbound radial off of Saxton VOR, I was letting down like this. And he gave me the, the power settings and the flaps down and that little airplane started like a falling leaf. And it just settled it down, came right down underneath of it, and I could see a big hole. I'd already, uh, the river there. I said, dumb, I didn't realize there's a Mississippi River. I should have, because I knew it was there. But fear had me, had me too dumb. I wasn't thinking that way. So when I got out, I said, I'm going to follow this river. And I just dropped my wheel, I raised my wheel back up and headed down that river. And I made a turn this way. Oh, and here's a duster strip right there. Oh, wheels down, flaps down. Right over this guy's house. <laughs> Landed. He came out there in his truck. He said, I guess the weather got you down, didn't it? And I said, yes, it did. He said, you know, my airplane's in the shop. He said, Let, we'll just open the door and we'll just push your airplane in there and all will be all right, won't it? I said, he said, I'll take you to town. Now remember, I said, God, get me down from here. Well, it didn't take long. We pushed the airplane in there and I didn't have but one bag. I took that bag out and I opened the back door of his hangar. You couldn't see as far as from here to that wall. It just closed in. Okay. So I checked into a hotel right downtown there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I need to go some get something to eat. 
Well, the first thing I did, I called flight service. I wanted to talk to that man. And I called him. He said, is everything okay? I said, oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I just can't tell you how much. He said, get your instrument rating. I said, yes, sir. I will. <laughs> and I did. But yes, I called my passenger. Well, in fact, it's my dad. I was supposed to pick him up in St. Louis. And I told him what had happened. He said, well, that's all right. Because I was flying him from St. Louis back to Fort Worth. And then, then I was going back to Camden. And so he said, that's okay. Is the weather supposed to be good tomorrow? I said, yes, sir. That front's supposed to be gone. Well, all is well, right? So I kind of cleaned up a little bit and uh, glad to be on the ground. That's the only time anything like that ever happened to me. I walked out right out of the hotel door, walked just about as 15 or 20 steps. I began to shake. I shook all over. I had to sit down on the curb and I shook and I shook and I shook. I don't know how long I shook and shook and shook because fear had taken over my body. Fear is not okay. Now, this is where love comes in. I'll just make this our final scripture for the morning. Let's go to 1 John. Look at the fourth chapter. Verse 8. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. It does not say God is power. He is love, and He has and uses His power in behalf of that love. Because we know in Romans 5 that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So now there's something here. You shall know the truth. Gnosko. Have an intimate relationship with God is love. And this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for us, the sacrifice for our sin. Beloved, well, I'm loved. If God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and His love is perfected or comes to maturity in us. 
Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God, who is love, dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. When did I know the love of God? About eight o'clock in the evening, the second day of November of 1962. Now I knew the love of Gloria. I knew it. And it, <clears throat> she, I had said just that I had, there was a root of bitterness in me. And like I said, I never heard that term. But the day I fell in love with her, I just knew it was gone. And that's the day I saw her. We were there on the, in the pit house, walked out there and looked at Little Rock. She patted me on the back. It's like I'd known her all of my life. And I thought then, this just has changed me. That, that ugly thing is gone. It just went away. And I had just said, I don't believe love is real. I didn't know God is love. If it is, I'm incapable of it. I was so bitter and angry and depressed. So her love did that for me immediately. That was the moment I knew and believed the love I had for her. Yes, sir. Well, I believe the love that he has for me. I have faith in that love. I've not only known it, I believe it. I have a close, intimate relationship with him. I have a close, intimate relationship with his love. He loves me. And it was a while before I really came to that complete uh, and a complete abandonment to any other idea except the fact that he loves me. Well, yeah, well, yeah, no, that's not the last scripture. I, I must give you this because it, it, it is, and, and go to John chapter 17. And it took me a while to realize that 13, 14, 15, 16th chapters of John are all in that, that final precious Passover that changed heaven and earth forever. Because a moments later, he's going to the cross. Moments after that, he's in hell. But he said this. And I, was, I just began to learn the prayer of agreement from Brother Hagin. I thought, I'm going through here and I'm just going to, Jesus prayed this and I'm just going to agree with it. Mm. And I was doing really good. Oh, and I got down to the 21st. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which believe on me through their word. I thought, you know, either directly or indirectly, I'm believing on the word of these men right here, all except Judas. And I got happier by the moment that they all may be one. Oh, yes, Lord, 
Father in me and I in them that they all may be one in us. Yes, oh, and the world may believe you sent me. Oh, yes. And the glory which you gave me, I've given them. Well, now, uh, uh, okay. It's written in red. That's all right. That may, may be one even as we are one. I and them, thou and me, they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you sent me and has loved them as much as love me. No, 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 no. And I was walking around the living room, that little old house. And I said, no, 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 no way God loves me as much as he does Jesus. Lord, I can't, but it's red. And I, I just started walking around. I was shaking. I did not want to say it. I, I, I literally was shaking. God loves Kenneth as much as he does Jesus. My knees were shaking. See, I, I, I wasn't mature in love. I didn't know it yet. I said, but I must say this. My spirit was just going through the roof with it. But my knees were shaking and I, I just started, God loves Kenneth. God loves Kenneth as much as he does Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God loves Kenneth. God loves, yeah, Kenneth. Yes, bless God. God loves me. Yes. Yeah. Amen. I can't wait till I tell Gloria. That's right. <laughs> then I thought, well, certainly. Jesus bore my sins yeah. in his own yeah. body on the tree yeah. that I be dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Yeah. It was because he loved me that he gave Jesus. Oh, well, God so loved the, oh, well, the world that he gave, the only one he had in order to get billions more. <laughs> and I'm one of them. And you're one of them. And I don't ever let myself forget it. Never, never, never. Never let myself forget it. Let's stand and give him praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Just lift your hand, close your eyes, and say this. God loves me just as much as he does Jesus. I'm a whosoever who was part of the world. And now I'm not just a whosoever. He doesn't love me because I'm special. But I'm special because he loves me. Oh, hallelujah. And now I know that my faith works because faith works by love. So I practice that love. Hallelujah. I learned it early on where my children were concerned. And uh, 
When Terry came up, I, I didn't know any of these things. And um, nobody could live with me. Terry's mother couldn't live with me. Couldn't anybody live with me. My own parents didn't want me around. Just bitter and full of doubt and unbelief and meanness. Terrible mouth, terrible vocabulary. Just a short time before November of 62, Gloria said, I'm not going out with you in public anymore. I said, why, baby? She said, because of your dirty mouth. I said, well, what the did I say? It's such a habit, that's just the way I talk. That spirit took me over when I was nine years old. But that night, I said, Jesus, come into my heart. And for several seconds, my jaw was... Lord, I never thought about that. Glory be to God. That old nature just left right then. That new creature was in there. <laughs> Glory to God forevermore. I couldn't shut my mouth. It felt like I had a square block in there. In the moment it shut, it was over. It was over. Until right then, I, I th thank you, Jesus. Now I know what happened. I never heard of being a new creature. I'd been saved for a while before I knew I was one. But that old nature just left. And the new creature wasn't going to talk like that anymore. Amen. The cigarettes didn't go yet. But that nastiness sure went. I just smell bad then. I didn't smell bad. But it had to go too. Amen. Well, if you want any lunch, I better turn this over to Pastor. <laughs> anyway, I love you. I'll see you after a while. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.